father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 203 with Coach Tom Gilardi. Coach Gilardi is an elementary PE teacher at PS 173 in New York City. Um, He's been teaching physical education for over 15 years at the elementary level in New York. He presented PE workshops at the New York City Zone, Nassau Zone, and New York State APERD conferences. His workshop topics, engaging students in highly effective warm-ups and instant activities, teach PE in large class sizes with little to no equipment, and assessment in elementary PE. Last four years, he received a physical education teacher leader certificate from New York City Office of School Wellness Programs by facilitating district physical education monthly meetings. He created a YouTube channel called Coach Gilardi Phys Ed Zone to support all elementary PE teachers and programs. A father of two with beautiful daughters, and two years ago, he convinced his wife to change his her career to physical education. I think you're really going to enjoy Coach Gilardi here. This is all part of um, my series on great PE teachers from around the country. Um, <clears throat> considering that uh, I know and I am an elementary PE teacher, uh, I think there's a uh, definitely some needs for how do we teach PE at this particular time. Um, and I know now um, there's a lot of difficulty. We're, ha- we're struggling on equipment and uh, how to teach online, how to teach in class. So I think this is a great time, a great series on uh, just consulting the best PE teachers from around the country on what they are doing in their classroom and at home. So let's welcome Coach Tom Gilardi.
Hey, Tom. Hey, Kevin. You can hear me good or no? I can hear you great. I appreciate you joining me on this uh, Sunday. No, no, of course. Thank you for reaching out. Um, you know, I don't get uh, notifications on my Google email, so I just happen to look at it. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Let me uh, contact. And yeah, I'm glad absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's the audio? Can you hear me good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you pretty good. All right, great, great. Hey, um, I actually found out about you through your YouTube channel. Uh, matter of fact, you're doing a great job of that. We use a lot of your activities in our current PE classes, so I appreciate that. No, no, thank you. Uh, it, 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 it's it's kind of crazy how it, it just blew up during this pandemic, you know. And, uh, it, you know, I was saying before that there's people – within the neighborhood that I'll run into that are teachers that are telling me that if is a teacher are using your videos, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you do a great job. Matter of fact, um, our situation here, um, we're, we're in Georgia. So we're, we're, everybody's, all the schools are open. Um, I have about 30% of my kids online and the other percentage in class with me. So we're, we got we have two teachers, one doing online and I'm doing in class. So we, we use a lot of your activities. So uh, tell us a little, first of all, tell us a little bit about where you're teaching right now and how you got involved in uh, physical education. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently teaching at uh, PS 173, which is in New York City in Queen. Six years. Um, but as far as where I started out, I remember being 18. And uh, I was into soccer, and I was playing Division One soccer in college. I played for Manhattan College. I was a Jasper. And um, that's kind of all I cared about at the time was playing sports and, and keeping the grades up high enough so I could stay on the team pretty much. And it really wasn't until my, I'd say my junior or senior year where I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go pro here, and I'm kind of graduating. Let me start to hone in on what it is I want to do for the rest of my life. And I spoke <laughs> to my advisor at the time, which was Dr. Sean Latta uh, from Manhattan College. She's a chairperson there. And she's like, you know, do something that you, you, you like. I'm like, well, I like playing soccer. And she goes, well, you know, you can coach. You can coach soccer and, and you can make some really – people make a living off that. And I go, really? So then um, I start Googling coaching, coaching soccer – and I come along a, a little place called the Little Gym, which is like this franchise gymboree place. And it's, oh, are you highly motivated and passionate and having fun and playing sports and enjoy working with kids? I'm like, yes, yes. So after college, I applied there and uh, they hired me. And I was within a couple months. I'm like, this is fun. You know, I'm teaching kids <laughs> about teaching kids about sports. They're having a good time. I can act like I'm 12 years old, which is something I love doing. And, right, sure. And I'm where can I go with this? And um, I found out there was a few colleges that were offering master's plus certification in phys ed. So I went to Adelphi University, and I was able to get my master's and went into phys ed. And then from there, it was about really where do I get my uh, – classroom experience so it's important on who i pick to mentor me and my 
I chose uh, a Long Island school in Great Neck, Great Neck, Long Island, where uh, the men had the experience. She's very passionate. And so I worked under her. And she saw something in me and said, you know, Tom, you have a, you really have a natural knack of working with children. And I think you're going to be great in the field. And sure enough, there was someone, some phys ed teacher in that district that was pregnant and needed someone there temporarily until she came back. And even though I had very little to no experience, they saw something. In me. And I worked in Great Neck, which is one of the one of the top districts in Long Island for four years and it was really just an amazing time and i worked in three different schools so i gained a tremendous amount of experience working under so many other phys ed teachers and then when that kind of ended um i wanted to go uh find a job elsewhere i was noticing that in new york city at that time in 2010 there was a complete complete freeze in phys ed they just weren't hiring and it was difficult back then because Phys ed back then, you didn't have to be certified at the elementary level. A classroom teacher can go in there and teach. So it made finding a job very difficult. But I was fortunate with my connections with Great Neck that there were people that had spoke on my behalf. And I ended up, after Great Neck, for about four years, I taught adaptive physical education. And I worked with students from kindergarten to third grade that were suffering from autism. And that's kind of where I really learned how to videotape myself because those students are so such visual learners and you constantly need to do hands-on teaching with them. And it's almost impossible to do that in person because if they're just going to copy what I'm doing and then I walk over to help them, I make a couple of videos of myself doing certain things, put it on a computer screen or a, a smart board. They'll turn, they'll look at me and follow along. And then now I have almost like assisting myself. I can go ahead and learn what it is I'm doing, which is great. So I did that for about four years, but I've always wanted to go back to teaching gen ed, uh, K to five. And then my opportunity came back in 2014, went for the interview. I was able to get it. And then now I've been at PS173 for about six years and, and I'm, I'm really enjoying my time at this school. Yeah, I love that story, Coach. Um, and um, <clears throat> I'm a K five, so and I, I know a lot of. I think some of the best K five teachers are you, number one, right, Tom? You got to be creative, you got to be passionate, and the kids will see right through that because the kids love PE at this age, don't they? No, no I, I could not agree more. Um, if you don't have the passion and and you don't see the fun in, in teaching this in this profession, then you're really in the wrong field. And um, you know, simple thing, even even with me, as passionate and as fun as I am, there's times in my life where things will go on in my personal life that's really affecting me. And it might affect my day at work where I'm really trying to focus on a lesson, but my mind is like thinking about this, and now all of a sudden the kids are out of control. They're acting up, and it just it really humbled me to realize, listen, keep your personal life at home, stay passionate, stay having fun, and, and focus on the children, and that's really what is most important. And that's why I've been able for a long, long time to get out the, get, really get the best out of my students. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's great for the, the teachers that are listening. My podcast, uh, I coach basketball just like you – probably coach soccer. I do basketball and PE and I 
take both very seriously. Do you think enough teachers do that, take both? Because really it's two jobs, right, Coach? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, and, and coaching is, is really a different dynamic than, than, than teaching. Um, sure. when, when, you're, when you're teaching physical education, you're really working on like the 99%. These students that may not be athletes, the ones that may not look at fitness as something important, and those are the ones you really need to focus on. The ones that are the athletes, the one that you know that they're going to do, they're going to be physically active their entire life. And yes, you'll look at them to be helpers and leaders in the class. But overall, you want to focus on that 99%. But if you're coaching travel soccer or basketball, if you're playing on a basketball team, well, then that's different. Now you really want to be a little more firm and, and, and really work on those skills and get them to play at a super high level. And it's really a different dynamic. You're almost wearing two different hats. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's so true because we're going to talk about that in a second. I, I love how you work with, uh, you had a chance to work with autistic kids because I see that more and more. You better be adaptable in your PE classes, right, coach? Because you're going to get all sorts of kids. You're going to get the kids that are timid and shy. You're going to get the kids that might have some weight problems. You're going to get some kids with anger problems. You better you, you better know how to work with kids in all different facets. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think the key is to, you know, set the bar low at first and, and think of the most basic skill and then build off from that and see how the kids react react. And if you have a kid that teach learns at a very low level, you know, find a student that that that's at a high level to work with them, almost like an assistant and and get them involved and um and yes, like you said, it's important. And, and all kids are different. And, and that's what makes phys ed very difficult is to, to find ways to teach and meet the needs of, of really all of them. And it, it does take time. It's not easy for new teachers coming in. But, you know, keep working on your craft and, and, and really hone in on the ones that are struggling. Work with them and then everyone else will kind of catch on. Yes. And what are you doing now, coach, in New York? Um, are you guys back to school yet? Here in Georgia, we're back, uh, but they have choice. They have choice on what they want to do. What are you all doing in New York right now? It's it's a very bizarre time in New York City right now. Um, we're supposed to start September 10th, but we don't have a school schedule yet or calendar. Um, mm -hmm. there, every every school is doing things their own way. Um, so, for example, yeah. I, I convinced my my wife to go into physical education. She's a second year teacher, and uh, they That's have great. they have a new principal, and she kind of has a sense of doing some kind of hybrid where, you know, they'll have about nine students in a class, and then next week will be a different nine students, and then the physical education teacher can take them outside, or work in the classroom. At least they have some kind of uh, schedule or sense of what they're going to do. My school right now, I know we, we're having a new principal coming in, but they have given me very little to no guidance into, into September. And I'm very fortunate to have many years teaching so that I can kind of figure it out as I go. But I could just imagine first or second year teachers who, you know, we're going in two weeks before school and, you know, they don't really have a sense of what's going to go happen. But if I were to guess, it'd probably be some kind of hybrid where I'll have maybe half the students in the class. I'm probably going to lose my gymnasium, um, and they'll probably use that as a classroom. 
even though I said on, on Twitter, uh, my, my good friend Chris Esquerdo gave me this quote that if, it's, if someone comes up to me and says, uh, I'm going to use your gymnasium for classrooms, I'm going to say, well, wait a second, the gymnasium has always been a classroom. That's exactly. And, um, but I'll, I'll just figure it out. I would assume I can take them outside and social distance them, probably do a lot of things with no equipment. I've been hearing things through the DOE that, you know, you may not be able to touch the floor. You may not be able to touch equipment. You have to be. So there's going to be a lot of parameters I'm going to have to just kind of figure out and, and do on the fly. Yeah, you mentioned uh, I, I have spoken with this recently. I spoke with the coach, uh, Mike Morris. You might know him through social media. Uh, excellent PE teacher in North Carolina. And then Brian DeVore, who's part of Open Phys Ed. Um, he mentioned to me, he says, coach, it's like being a beginning teacher again. <laughs> I mean, you're starting from scratch, right, Tom? No. Hey, Coach. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Um, uh, tell us about kind of starting. Uh, the, the quote I just said was, we're, we're almost starting over again. What do you think about that? It's true. It's true. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think when I was, when I was a new teacher, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, I remember rehearsing almost like a script, what I would say to students. And if a student interrupted me, I like uh, would like lose my thought and have to re, re, re explain the script that I was going. And it just was a very <laughs> awkward, very awkward few months. And in a way I kind of feel that now I do have a little bit of anxiety I mean, I mean, really think about the situation we're in where um, you have young students, particularly kindergarten, who has never been in your building before. From what I've been hearing, parents will not be allowed in the building. So imagine me, because I'm going to protect myself and my family, wearing a face shield, wearing gloves, wearing a mask, going up to a five-year-old who I've never met before and saying, hey, come with me. I'm going to show you what we're going to do. I just can't see how that's going to work, you know, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not an administrator, so I'm not making the big bucks to make these decisions, but just envisioning it. I just like, it's, it's really just a bizarre time that, that, you know, I just hope will, you know, and that's the thing. There's no timetable. When is this going to end? But you just got to roll with the punches. I think it's important for, children to to come to school at some point i just don't know you know i, I don't have all the answers here you know we just got to go with the flow and, and and make the best of it yeah that's for sure coach and uh talk a little bit about social media because that's where i learned about you man there's some great stuff on twitter youtube first of all kind of brag a little bit about what you're doing because we love your activities and Heck, you might, I don't know, I, I guess without you have equipment, but I love how you manage to uh, use equipment that people just have in their homes. Something maybe you can, you know, I mean, how could you going to transport that, that into what you're doing now in class? Yeah. Um, you know, about, a, I'd say about a year, year and a half ago in my school, I was losing the gymnasium. I was losing the gymnasium for book sales, plant sales, if there was any kind of election that was going on. 
And we're talking like every other week, I'm losing my space. And, th- and if there's a rainy day, I'm kind of stuck in the classroom. So right. I'm thinking to myself, you know, what can I do to keep these kids engaged in the classroom? And I'm like, well, we have a smart board. So I went on YouTube because I'm lucky that my school allows YouTube. And I'm seeing all these videos of people doing these, these uh, dances. I'm like, and my kids were kind of into it. I'm like, I think it'd be more beneficial if they see me do it. They might be more inspired to kind of step it up even more. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. I started doing some warm-ups with the students to, to music. And they were really getting into it. And they were showing me some different moves. And I'd come up with some steps. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, let me film this. And um, I started putting it on YouTube. So then whenever I'm stuck in the classroom, here we go. I, I can just put myself on. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe how engaged my students were from K to five in these videos. Now, at first they'd laugh because they just couldn't, they were just enamored about me being there. But then I'd have 100% participation. So that's kind of how I started. I just started doing warm ups to get them into it. And then I would see people like the PE specialist, Coach Perillo, people that were doing that, but also adding to it, teaching physical education teachers, new, new ways of teaching. So I'm like, all right, let me start small. Let me go over my class rules, how I do that. Let me go over some of the posters I do. And then whenever I presented at workshops, I'd I'd bring up my YouTube channel. Slowly I get some subscribers and and I see, but I would always get a lot of positive feedback. And then, and then when this, when this horrible pandemic happened and where everybody had to kind of be online, and my principal told me I didn't have to be live. I can just do something pre-recorded. That's where I kind of went to Twitter and I saw that people were coming up with these challenges. I'm like, this is great. I can, I can do this for my students. So I was very fortunate that um, where I'm living, that I had a basement space that was empty. We were in the process of getting furniture. But because of the pandemic, we just aren't doing that right now. So I, I had the space that many phys ed teachers who live that don't have that space. So I went down to my basement. I had the open space. So now it's like, okay, what can I come up with? So I started looking around the house. I had my sneakers. I had a TV remote. I had a pair of socks. I'm like, all right, so now I got the equipment. Now I got the space. Now what? So now I started to look at, well, let me look at the physical education scope and sequence and, and the standards to figure out what it is these kids need to learn to progress to the next grade level. And, okay, well, all right, so kicking, kicking and dribbling. Okay, so let me think. I can make a sock wall with a pair of socks. I have some cups. I can maybe dribble around the cups. So I would spend pretty much a night kind of experimenting and having fun experimenting. Um, and I'd take notes here and there of what it is exactly I'd want to do. And, and after trying it out and having fun, that's the key, to have fun. I was having fun doing it. I'm like, okay, I have this lesson I want to do. I have this challenge I want to do. Let me pick another night and then, and then film it. And so I started filming it. And I didn't, I'm not very tech savvy. I have to say my, my wife was able to help. Uh, but I happened to come across iMovie, which thank God was very uh, user friendly. But I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do a one minute challenge, how do I do the clock? Do I put a separate screen? How do I do this? And then I thought to myself, wait a second. If, if students are going to do this and copy me, they're going to have to have a timer while they're doing it. So why don't I just yeah. put a timer on an iPad so they kind of get a sense of how they want to put the timer on the iPad too. 
And uh, so I would have the timer on and just go about a challenge. And uh, I learned how to edit because a lot of the times I couldn't get the challenge all the way through the first time. So through editing, <laughs> I was able to save my time to get it done. And I just started doing it. And um, I did one challenge. It was, it was very simple where you just take a piece of paper, you roll it up into a ball, and you use your hands to bop it up like almost like you're playing tennis and hitting it up. And it, yeah, it we love of, that. Hey, yeah, Tom, we it, love that challenge. We stole that from you. Listen, you're welcome. I was I was blown away on how that blew up on YouTube. And and then once that kind of happened, as I started making more videos, I was getting more and more views and people just uh it was very flattering. People were not only just complimenting me, but they you know, when I initially did this, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have people copying me and, and, and doing this, which is great, they're gonna use them. I didn't realize that some people were just you know, why invent the real wheel? Let's just let's, let's use Coach Gelardi. He's 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 a physical education teacher licensed. Let him go ahead and, and do part of the lesson for my particular students. So I went from my own school where I'm teaching about a thousand students to now I'm throughout the country and teaching who knows how many students. And it was just very humbling and just amazing. And it just it motiv it motivates me to continue to make videos i remember my wife telling me okay well the school year's over you're done i'm like i'm sorry i have this new hobby i'm not going to be doing it every night but once a week i'm going to uh make a video i'm having too much fun and, and, and people seem to be into it yeah that's a great point it's it's funny how um things are created out of necessity right i mean because you didn't go in this saying oh, i'm going to create these videos you had to survive as a pe teacher uh, and that says a lot about you, but also says a lot about others, man, particularly when you said that the you were knocked out of your gym. We all got to deal with that. You better figure out something to do in the classroom. I love your ingenuity. No, thank you. And it, it is so true. Um, you know, things happen. Mm -hmm. You, you got to be flexible. Um you know, I can tell you a quick story how when I was interviewing in Great Neck, I was so nervous. And I get there, I think my 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 demo lesson was a fitness lesson, and it was at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. And of course, I get there an hour early to get ready. And the secretary is like, "Well, they're not ready for you." I'm like, "Okay, no problem." So I'll sit. And then now it's like twelve fifty-five. I'm like, "What's going on?" They're like, "No, no, they're still not ready." And then all of a sudden, someone from the board comes up to me and says, Mr. Gelardi, we're expecting you. Your class is waiting outside. I'm like, what? Now, mind you, I had about 15 to 20 minutes of setup because I was had these fitness stations all ready to go. So I'm running in there. Yes. Running around, setting up these stations. I had people from the board help me set up stations. And I had to just take a deep breath and, and then go with it. And the reason why I got, got the job was because they saw that I was thrown into something and I made it work and I was able to teach at a still at a very high level. And so that's the key. Be flexible. You just, you just never know, you know, how things are. And, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's a great story. <laughs> um, and that's true for any teacher. Cause you never, particularly nowadays, you got so many things going on um, in my classes. Um, hey, give us, Give us kind of a, an idea of what you will be doing. I know you said earlier, like, hey, you know, I'm, we're not sure, but 
give us an idea because I love what we do in my PE classes every day, Tom, is challenges. I learned that, and I learned that from uh, from you and other teachers. We do a challenge pretty much either every day or every other day. We give them a chance to practice. Uh, so I picked up something during this time. What are you going to add in to your classes now? That's a very good question. Um, I'm going to have to assume that I'm going to have to create grids and have every student social, uh, physically distanced from each other. So I'm just going to envision doing a lot of things in place. And so I might do one of my fitness dance warm-ups that I've always done where they can be in place and just follow along and then maybe have a discussion about adding different dance moves or movements to it to kind of have that kind of discussion. But the truth of the matter is you need, you need to just be real with your students and, and say, listen, this is the situation we're in right now. This may not be forever. We're in this together. We're going to do things that uh, we will not be able to travel and move around and do as much as we used to and follow the curriculum we've done in the past, but we're going to make it work. We're in this together. And then if I'm not allowed to use equipment, I might just really hone in on certain fitness components and activities that they can do so that they can practice at home. Because, you know, sadly, uh, I only get to see the students once or twice a week and, you know, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do something like a push-up test. And I have students that can't even hold a high plank for more than 10 seconds. So it just right. shows me right. that they're just not doing any movement outside of my program. So I think it's going to be very important. This might be my opportunity to really hone in on, on fitness and say, okay, this is the proper push-up. This is how you do it. Now, if you can't do it, here are all the different ways you can build up your upper body strength to do it, okay? And now we're gonna do a minute challenge. Those of you that are capable of doing push-ups, do push-ups. Those of you that are still working on that, do the other ways you can build up a body strength for a minute. And then maybe each week build off of that, something like that. I think that's how I'm gonna probably end up starting it off. Um, but listen, there's a whole social emotional piece that we're gonna have to attack as well. I mean. I can't imagine what it's like to be a student going through all this, seeing everybody wearing a mask and not being, being isolated. That, that piece is going to have to be attacked somehow as well. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, I just, on our end, I, just, uh, I deal with, of course I coach K five. Um, they all come in their mask. We all have, uh, like you said, uh, we call it rainbow spots where we have them spread out throughout the gym. And I, Tom, it's really worked out great. Um, I thought the kids would be, you know, of course, we still have issues, coach, with kids trying to take off their mask because they're exercising. Exercising in a mask is not easy. I just want to I mean, and we I mean, we got to remember that as PE teachers. So those are the adaptations we need. Right. Uh, I, I could not agree more. Um you know, before this pandemic, I was playing soccer three times. I was very fortunate to be able to play three times a week with my friends. And and only recently, because in New York City, the numbers are so low that I'm like, let me let me meet up with my friends. We play on Sundays. And even then, I don't feel comfortable. So I'm trying to wear a mask. And within three, four minutes, I'm like, God, I'm going home. Like, this isn't going to work. I can't even breathe in this. 
So yeah, you <laughs> have to uh, keep that in mind. And, um, and that's where I, I really feel for the new teachers that don't have that toolbox of, of this things that they've done in the past that they can kind of come up with on the fly. It's going to be a big learning curve for, for a lot of people. And, um, it, it, it is yeah, what it is type deal. It is what it is. That's for sure. Hey, coach, before you go, and again, I appreciate you taking the time out. You mentioned before, definitely in your bio about, um, utilizing equipment because not all schools have great equipment. Talk about hopefully in the future, we can utilize equipment. Talk about, um, how to use equipment when you don't have a lot or you just have to create. So, you know, when we were put in this situation where I knew I had to teach from home, I looked at my curriculum and I said to myself, what it is, what is it that I've been doing all year that I can somehow do at home? So for example, we spend, we do a whole unit of four to five lessons working with deck rings, you know, little circle rings. And sure. my students absolutely love them. So I'm thinking, okay, well, now if no one has deck rings at home, you know, what can I use? And so I started messing around with stuff I have around the house. And I realized, you know, paper, when you roll it up is pretty sturdy and use a little bit of tape. Next thing you know, you have a circular item to use. And then I just, again, experiment, what can I do with this? And I learned I can spin it. I can try to catch it through my arm. I can try to catch it with my foot. Um, and so once I realized I can do that with paper, then I'm like, oh, here we go. I have a couple of videos I can do with my students. You know, I even experimented making jump rope out of paper. Uh, and I, was, I think I was able to jump about 10, 11 times before the tape ripped. But listen, trial, <laughs> trial, trial, trial and error. And I tell you, once I go back to school, I might consider bringing sock balls. Like that's been my best, my best pile, pal during this whole pandemic, using a pair yes. of socks, rolling them up um, because they have been helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. And kids can bring, that's a great idea because what I'm trying to get done here, Tom, is um, I'm trying to get uh, our parents to get a uh, I'm trying to get my parents association to purchase a PE bag for each one of the kids at home and in class. So, Hey, a kid can bring a PE bag of different types of equipment every day. So at least you can, they can utilize their own equipment. What do you think about that? You know, it's funny you say that. I recently saw that on Twitter. I think that is brilliant to come up with a an inexpensive little kit for students to be able to use at home that have, you know, it can be simple, just a beanbag, a decorating, a jump rope, something basic. And yet, you have four or five of those items. You can do a whole year worth of, of, of activities. And I think if you can keep the price reasonable, I think 100% parents will, will buy in. And um, I'm actually rolling out a few flip uh, water bottle activities in the next couple of weeks. And I'm, okay. thinking, I'm thinking if I go back to school, encouraging students to bring their own water bottle and they can easily do it on the, uh, the blacktop or, or gymnasium. Um, so I've been trying to come up, come up with some of those because let's, let's face it, the trends out there, kids are, are hooked. And if you can kind of hone in on that and make it phys physical education related, they'll just buy in. Yeah, uh, the bottle flips, everything like that. We love those and kids love those too as well. 
Coach, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, the, my last my last question here is what's the future of PE and so forth? What, what's, what are we going to be doing in the future? Uh, hopefully, eventually, the vaccine and everything else will get, will get better and we'll get more freedom. But talk about the future of PE. What do you think? Where are we going? I have to say it's been it's been a very exciting time to be a physical education teacher in uh, New York City for the past three, four years. They they have, you know, Mayor de Blasio has, has pumped in a ton of money into the phys ed program to make certain that all elementary teachers that teach physical education are certified. And that was really just huge. And then from there, they built what's called the Office of School Wellness, where they hire these instructional coaches now to help go to building the building and really support physical education teachers and bring out the best in them and really make the, the curriculum for phys ed as, as rigorous as can be. And this has really happened recently. And, and uh, before the pandemic, I was involved in and so many other phys ed teachers became involved in being a facilitator for the district they work in. So now I facilitate about 27 elementary schools in my district where we uh, twice a month or sometimes once, once a month, we all gather together in, in, a, uh, in, a, in a gym space and we go over like hot topics like field day, classroom management, assessment. And we really collaborate as a whole group. And it's, it's something really amazing because prior to that, we were kind of on our own. Like I just kind of taught phys ed. I only was close with my coworker, but I didn't know what was going on outside of my particular building. And now with all this happening, we were able to collaborate. And it's as simple as I only have three basketballs. Oh wait, you have 20 basketballs and you're doing your basketball unit in uh, March. Okay. I'm going to do mine in January. You mind if we do a little equipment swap for just that time being those little things just couldn't happen years ago. So as far as where's phys ed going, it's, I think eventually things will go back to normal. If there's a vaccine, I think we're going to eventually go back to phys ed the way it was. I do think we'll probably be a little more conscientious of shaking hands and, and coming up with activities where you're not so close. But I think things will eventually go back to normal. And I will say, as, as awful as this pandemic is, I've learned how phys ed is such a community-based profession on Twitter, on Facebook, you name it. People are there to help, to give free resources. People that spend hours and hours putting something together, they're willing to just give it out to support the field. And it's just amazing. And for my particular channel, when all things are said and done and when this is when things go back to finally uh, normal phys ed, I'm going to look at all these challenges and look at it as take-home assignments and homework for them to do. Okay, we learned how to dribble. We learned how to do this. Okay, great. Now I want you this week to work on this challenge and get your best possible score, and then next week we're going to check. So I was able to figure out ways to create phys ed homework for them and uh, and just to keep this thing going. That's a great point, Tom. Because yes, um, <clears throat> including my players, and we do a lot. Of not now you can communicate with them at home as well, so they can carry that. Because isn't that what we're all about? Is developing those lifestyles where yes. they can carry what you. I mean, right? I mean, we're uh, so that's a great point. 
And I always tell this, I'm, I've been fortunate to get student teachers rolling in and out of my building. And I always try to tell them like, listen, physical education is important, but the most important thing is for them to be active and to be good people. So it's important that whatever you're teaching, if there's ever a moment in class where and I can just give you a small example of where, let's say, you're teaching layups, and now we're into a gameplay, and a boy is dribbling a ball, you know, elbows a student down on the ground and hits his layup. The student on the ground is now crying, and he's hitting his layup. He's so happy. He made his basket. He's running back to his team. Not once does he check to see if the student's okay. Well, for me, if that happened in my class, that's an automatic blow the whistle. Everyone's going to sit down, and we're going to spend 10 minutes going over empathy and how important that is and how being a team player and checking to see if everyone's okay. So character building needs to be number one. If you ever go on an interview and they say, well, what is the most important thing in phys ed? Character building. You want that to be number one. You want to build, you want to make sure that your students leave your class as good, kind, confident citizens. And through that, they're going to admire you and then the fitness will just kind of come hand in hand. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's a great point to lead this podcast because if teachers take that with them, right, Tom, I think they'll be very successful uh, in their classrooms. Coach, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time on this Sunday to join us. You really, um, you really gave back to the PE community you inspired us. So I really appreciate what's the best way to reach you. I've already promoted your YouTube and uh, talk about how they can get best, get a hold of Tom Gelardi. Yes. Thank you. And, and, and Kevin, thank you for, for reaching out. Um, I've been, I've been now recently been on Twitter a lot more. So my, my Twitter account is at coach Gelardi, you know, G E L A R D I. And I also have an Instagram account, which I'm going to use once I go back to school to take photos, which is, again, at Coach Gilardi. And then my, my YouTube channel, which you just spoke about, which is Fizz Ed Zone. But if you look up Coach Gilardi, you'll you're easily find me. Coach, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's uh, stay in contact. I'm going to be looking for those new videos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you for the support. It's uh it's it's really been amazing the amount of people that uh, are are have been supporting this website. I, I get a recent email from someone from East Africa said that I love your warm up. You're keeping my children warm in the winter days, <laughs> and it just that's those, great. It just blow, it just it's amazing. It's really amazing. But thank you, Kevin, for making me be part of this, and uh, I really appreciate it. All right, Tom, take care now. I wish you the best uh, starting your new school year. So uh, I want you uh, wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Bye. What's up, friends? It's Ben Landers, and I'm founder of a website called thepspecialist.com. I want to say thanks to Kevin for letting us sponsor this episode and also just for the great podcast that he puts out on the regular for PE teachers. Episode sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership. If you're not familiar with it, it's an awesome program with ready-to-go printable unit plans, lesson plans, tutorial videos, e-courses, printable posters, and station signs. And you can even get certificates of completion to help you finish your teaching certificate. 
We've also got some awesome follow the leader videos and some animated GIF slideshows to give your kids some awesome visuals and show them how to do different skills like jump rope, paddle skills, soccer, ball handling, basketball. I hope you check it out at thepespecialist.com slash info. You can check that page out for more information. Once again, thepespecialist.com slash info. Kevin, and have an awesome day. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential.